Hello and welcome to the IABC Ottawa podcast, The Voice. Ottawa is one of the International Association of Business Communicators' largest chapters in the world, and we are pleased to bring you a podcast that covers everything from marketing, strategy, social media, crisis comms, public affairs, and whatever else is relevant to communicators. I'm your host, Sherry Ask. And welcome to IABC Ottawa's The Voice, episode 128, Strategic Comms in Uncertain Times. Guys, it's hard to believe, but this episode is coming out as we approach the one-year anniversary of the shift to working from home. And if we think back to the chaos and uncertainty and even the fear of this time last year, uh, I think it's really clear that we have learned a lot, not not just about the virus and how to protect ourselves against it, but also many of us have adapted to new ways of doing things and new schedules, new roles at work and at home. So I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that. Good on all of us for slogging through this very different, very, uh, I think it's fair to say chaotic year. Um, and that being said, there is still so much that is uncertain. So here in the National Capital Region, we continue to shift in and out of different levels of lockdown. Kids may be in school and then out of school. Uh, most businesses and students don't know if they'll be back at the office or back on campus this spring or this summer or this fall. There's just a lot that we don't know. So that's where the theme for this episode sort of comes from. Um, What does it mean for us as communications professionals to try and plan things when we don't know what the world will be like a month from now or a week from now? How does that affect our comms strategies? How do we support our clients and our employees? How do we support ourselves through this? And I am really excited for you guys to hear this month's interview. It's with Tammy Scott. And Tammy is the Vice President of Corporate Communications at Export Development Canada. And she has tons of other comms experience as well. And she spoke with me about her experience as a communications leader during all of this. We talked about how it's been um, just the last year for her and how she's approaching things going forward. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. Tammy is great. She is full of good advice. Uh, So I'm just going to get right into it. But stick around afterwards because we also have a double feature of the lightning round featuring two of our recent volunteers of the month. But first, this was my interview with Tammy Scott. Tammy, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to The Voice. Thank you so much for having me. So Tammy, to start, why don't you tell us a bit about your background as a comms professional and what you do now? Perfect. So I've worked both in the public and private sectors in the fields of uh, communications, marketing, and I'd add branding across multiple industries over many years. I don't actually want to say how many. And I've led brand strategy and marketing communications for some of Canada's and the world's top brands, including MasterCard and TELUS 
before kind of reinventing myself in 2011, moving from Toronto to uh, the National Capital Region and joining at the time the Canada Council for the Arts as DG uh, Communications and Public Engagement. I joined EDC, which is where I work now, in November of 2019, and I'm the Vice President of Corporate Communications. So if you do the math, I joined EDC just when news was starting to spread about this new virus happening in certain parts of the world. And I think when I joined, I had no idea how much COVID would affect my work and my life. Yeah, I can't even think back to like November 2019. Um, like I, that seems like forever ago. So it, it, that would have been such an interesting time, um, especially to join a, a place like EDC, um, right? Uh, you know, as things are slowly snowballing. Um, I did want to talk for this episode because we're actually coming up to the one year anniversary of that shift to working from home, which I think for most people um, was in March. So I did want to check in, like even on a personal level, how has it been for you, like dealing with all that? That's a great question. And the funny thing is, if you told me a few years back that I'd one day work remote, I would never have believed you. Uh, if it was offered to me, it probably would have been a hard no. I'm just a really social person and I love brainstorming and collaboration. And in my mind, those things I kind of equate with a traditional in the office work environment. So surprise, surprise, here I am a year later. And I think thanks to technology, creative thinking, and actually working with a fabulous team, I've come full circle and I really enjoy working from home. I gotta say though that none of us should be evaluating what it's like working from home uh, in normal circumstances. There's a difference between working from home during a global pandemic where we could still have an active social life, go and do all the things that we like to do, travel, go into the office from time to time versus this. Um, but maybe one of the parts why for me, it's it's like um, easy to adjust is because of where I live. I live in Chelsea, Quebec. I'm just a few steps away from the Gatineau River. I can swim and paddleboard over lunch break. Uh, I cross country ski almost daily in winter. And I think um, during the pandemic, I've really appreciated more than ever the importance of fresh air, the importance of exercise. And I just feel so grateful that I live in this beautiful natural environment. Yeah, that is actually such a good point that I hadn't thought about. So thank you for bringing that up. Work from home may not be like I, I struggle. I really need to be in the office to be productive, to have that separation of space. And I live alone. So for me, it has been it has been a lot of isolation. But if it was normal times and we could still have those social elements too, it, it may not be quite as as daunting. So uh, b beyond that, um, beyond the, the sort of work from home part as a communications profession professional, how did COVID change your approach to strategic comms or did it? I think it did and it didn't in the sense that all the things that I've always believed in, um, I, I continue to think are important. If anything, it's maybe exacerbated my fundamental belief in corporate communications or, or communications uh, professionals. So basically to me, if you're a comms professional, you have to be genuine, you have to lead with empathy, and above all else, you have to keep things simple. And that's always been true, but never more important than right now. If you look um, you know, on your daily media consumption habits or daily reading habits, we're just being bombarded with so much information and misinformation. So I see our job as communications professionals um, in part to make things as clear as possible and to always be really clear on the intention of our communications. 
So maybe if I can give you an example of that, uh, when I joined EDC, I was, I was asked to join something called the Pandemic Response Committee, again, November 2019, very early days. We've was there already we've one in November? I'm sorry, I'm just curious. It's, like it's actually an ongoing uh, committee that had existed. I think it was started um, during SARS uh, or possibly during the H1N1 crisis. By the way, for both of those, I worked in Toronto, right where things were, um, you know, I was very much in the hot, hot spot there. Um, so this isn't my first barbecue when it comes to pandemics. Uh, so that was a pre-existing committee, but we've since rebranded it the COVID Response Committee because right now that's the only pandemic that we're focusing on. Fingers crossed, touch wood for, for a while. Um, and the goal of that committee is to basically develop recommendations on how to keep all of our employees across Canada and around the world safe, healthy, and we added a third pillar, uh, which is to ensure their overall well-being, because as this pandemic stretches on, that's just as important as, you know, health and safety protocols. And so working on this committee, I have to look at um, the health and safety protocols by different region, different province in Canada, different regions around the world. And honestly, it's it's kind of confusing at times because there's such conflicting information and different terminology. But our committee always goes back to the primary objective. Is this decision or is this recommendation that we're about to make aligned with our number one priority of keeping our employees safe, healthy, and ensuring their overall well-being? And so if the answer is yes, then we move forward. If the answer is no, then we need to go back to the drawing board. Um, another really important thing with that committee's work is ensuring that we're communicating to all of our employees in a timely and relevant manner. So for us, that means in multiple languages because of you know, linguistic duality in Canada, but having a lot of um, satellite offices globally. And so doing that in a timely manner, but doing it in a way that's really engaging. And so not just for that committee's work, but overall at EDC, we're trying to introduce more visual elements, more video content, to create more of a human connection, but also reflecting people's different preferences in terms of how they want to receive information. And if I can speak for a moment to our external communications approach, that's been really, really busy. Um, EDC, Export Development Canada, so traditionally um, Canada's export development agency, uh, but we were granted domestic powers at the start of the pandemic to help support Canadian businesses. And so, you know, that's been very busy, but very re rewarding in the sense that to me, small and medium sized businesses aren't just at the heart of our economy. They're really at the heart of our communities. Tammy, you mentioned so many good points there. When, when you talk about how um, how your external communications has been busy, do you feel like there's more work as communicators and, and maybe not more work, but just more comms to be done? And it's it's part of the solution, but it's part of the problem too, because like you said, there's people are dealing with so much information out there and we're trying to be strategic and we're trying to reach people, but you know we're competing with noise. I so agree with what you just said. That's that's the, the conundrum right there is that our needs have gone up for internal communications and for external communications, um, but that in many ways, absolutely, that contributes to the problem, especially if it's not focused and if it not, doesn't go back to those primary objectives. 
Um, so I think a lot of what we have to do is, is determine, is this essential? Do I need to be communicating this right now? Um, can it wait? Um, does it help advance the overarching objectives of the organization? And if the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. And that's easy to say, because I think a lot of comms professionals were, were so driven and wired and we want to do everything and do it right away. But in this case, it's the most strategic thing is to say no to, to a lot of communications that aren't essential so that people actually have the uh, intellectual bandwidth to focus on those things that are critical for them to know. And so your key messages don't get lost. Um, you exactly. know, when you say everything, do you do you really end up saying nothing? Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask is um, because you you I think you know that that um, bringing things back to what your key objective is. I think that is so such good advice. But I wonder, you know, even for small, ex actually, especially for small and medium sized businesses, or even for EDC, is part of what's happening during the pandemic that maybe our key objective has changed um, as an organization, like our key focus, like the COVID response committee had a really clear goal, like that was set yeah. in stone. But I think there's a challenge too that maybe our primary goal is shifting. Um, and sometimes depending on the organization, maybe from week to week, um, how often do you reevaluate that as a comms professional or I guess as an organization? So in our case, you know, the granting of the domestic powers, which were voted by the Canadian Senate, um, uh, and that was the starting point of, okay, we're no longer going to just forward on, uh, focus on helping businesses export. We're really going to focus on Canadian businesses um, and, and pandemic support. We developed this thing called um, the COVID narrative arc, just looking at you know, in the beginning, crisis mode, explaining what products and services EDC may have to help support Canadian businesses. And hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, we can soon start talking about economic recovery. Mm. I'd say that that um, I personally don't think that businesses should stop and look at this type of work um, and those types of priorities on a weekly basis. I don't think that that's um, doable. I don't think it's healthy. Um, I think it's it's more maybe going at it quarter by quarter, and that's certainly the approach that we've adopted. The only exception has been actually more on the internal communications front, where quarter by quarter wasn't qu cutting it, because if you go back to March of 2020, when everyone was told you're going home, there was this belief that it was like for a two-week or a three-week mm. period. None of us, I don't think, could have predicted that here we are a year later and we're still working remote. So I think on the internal communications front, in the beginning especially, there had to be that very short-term line of sight. Um, though in EDC's case, we actually adopted very quickly a longer-term horizon and as part of the COVID response committee uh, values, if our number one priority, again, is keeping our employees healthy, safe, and ensuring their well-being, we have from the beginning said that until a vaccine is widely available or treatment is widely available, that the decision to come back into the workplace remains um, up to each employee. Mm -hmm. And that, that, you know... Uh, allowed us to then not have to constantly change every time any city where we have offices changed from orange zone zone to red zone or gray zone or whatever. Um, and I think that was wise in hindsight.
Well, yeah, because I'm thinking now even um, like employees needs change drastically depending on their location and the level of lockdown that they're in. Um, Like if your kids are in school one month, not in school the next month, the supports you need, maybe the flexibility you need totally changes. So um, it's it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard from other comms people about what they're struggling with right now? I guess beyond what we just talked about. I'd say like it's really much of what we just talked about. It's about workload and capacity. Like everyone's being stretched a little bit thin. But um, the 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 maybe the the segment that I hear the most noise from is the people who've had to um, mind kids while they're working, and that in communications where you have to be available, sometimes you know irregular hours and respond to media queries and and change your your schedule very last minute um, due to certain circumstances out of your control, having kids at home added a lot of extra stress. I think that's true for uh, all sectors and all uh, types of work. For myself, I have a seven and an 11 year old and my husband happens to be an essential services worker. So he's out of the house by 5 a.m. And many times I had to solo parent work pretend to be a homeschooler, but let's just say I don't think I have a second career in teaching. No, that um, long division isn't isn't easy for... <laughs> no, <laughs> and patience with one's children when trying to also do work and so on. Like, I think we've all been stretched really thin. Mm-hmm. The, the good news, though, is as communications professionals, I feel like we're an incredibly resilient bunch. We're so adaptive. We've had to be. This is at the core of what we do. And this bodes well for us under these circumstances. So my shout out to everyone is we can do this. Um, The only thing that I would say is that the only way that we're all going to survive is if we give up on this obsession over perfection. Um, I look at the last year and there's many times where speed of decision-making and execution of decision-making was actually way more important than perfection. Um, also, for all the other moms and dads out there who might be listening, I personally think it's okay to keep a stash of M&Ms under your desk. You know, you get distracted when you have a presentation to the executive or a podcast, you know. It's okay to not be perfect because nobody's perfect. And communications professionals were... were we're, we have very high standards and we can be hard on ourselves. So I just want to give everyone permission to just do do the best you can and be okay with that. I don't have a stack of M&Ms under my desk, but I do have a, a thing of silly putty. Do you know what I mean by silly putty? Like the, the toy oh, you yeah. get as, yeah, to play with during <laughs> meetings. So I that was the best, the best advice, I think, you know, from, the, from everything you could have given. Um, yeah. Okay, I just want to leave um, our listeners with a few like concrete takeaways. So if you could sum up, what would your top three uh, takeaways be for, for listeners for approaching strategic comms in this very strange moment? that we're in okay so if I had to pick three I'd say one um, be clearer on intention so that higher level objective that I was referring to earlier point number two keep it simple if you can keep it short and simple and three what I just said about perfection try to not fall into the perfection trap and I have to ask am I allowed to add a fourth yes absolutely have fun like we all we have to find ways 
excuse to have fun even in chaos and and I have a lot of fun with my team I live on the Quebec side when we were told that we had this curfew we celebrated we had a big family meal and it was like all right let's celebrate the beginning of curfew really yeah like did you like have a zoom meeting at at eight o'clock or because I think that's when the curfew started right yeah it it was eight o'clock and so no I just made like great roast leg of lamb from a local farmer and just my family and I gathered around the dining room table and we're like we're celebrating curfew we're going to embrace it we're going to be indoors uh every night for the next little bit um then little funny story when the curfew changed so my region just shifted to orange zone I'm a big girl now my curfew's extended till 9 30 um so I painted the wall in my workspace orange to coincide with the orange status (laughs) so you just you have to find ways to make it fun even the not fun stuff I think I think there's a way to do it and to just try to be a little bit lighthearted. Tammy, that is wonderful advice. I absolutely love that. I love those examples. Um, I think everybody can can take something away from that. Thank you so much for taking the time out of uh, your very busy day and hectic life uh, to to share your advice with our listeners. I really appreciate it. Well, you had great questions. It was a lot of fun speaking of having fun. Thank you. And that was Tammy Scott, the Vice President of Corporate Communications at Export Development Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Are you looking for professional development opportunities? Consider becoming an IABC Ottawa member, the local chapter of IABC's global network of communications professionals. An IABC Ottawa membership will help you develop your strategic communication skills, create connections, and advance the profession. By joining IABC Ottawa, you will enjoy unparalleled access to member-only events and programs such as monthly member meetups and a mentorship program. Sign up today. For more information, visit us online at ottawa.iabc.com. And now it's time for the lightning round. This is the part of the show where we feature an IABC Ottawa member or volunteer and ask them to answer a set of rapid fire questions about their career interests, life interests, all of that fun stuff. And this month, we actually have a double lightning round. So I am extra thrilled to introduce you to Katia Odzalashvili, who was the IABC Ottawa Volunteer of the Month for January, and Erica Principe, who is the Volunteer of the Month for February. Katia and Erica, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having us, Sherry. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks, Sherry. So before we start, I'm going to get you both to introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about how you came to find IABC Ottawa. Katya, why don't we start with you? What's your story? Uh, Sure. I started a public relations program at Algonquin College in 2012. And then there I was introduced to IABC for the first time. I was really excited to be involved in IABC um projects meetups uh, collaborate uh, with other professionals and get to know people so since then i i am involved i'm always in touch and i'm always like keeping in touch with iabc erica what about you what's what's your iabc story This is actually so funny. So I'm actually an Algonquin College Public Relations graduate too, uh, 2018. So I didn't find IABC that way. I actually found IABC through LinkedIn of all places. Um, And I just replied to a call call for volunteers. Um, I've been wanting to get um, 
been wanting to get involved within the Ottawa community, especially the comms community. I was a student back then, so I thought, why not? This sounds like something right up my alley. It was for the marketing communications portfolio, which is what I was doing in my student role. So that's how I got connected. And I didn't actually get to go to events. I've been doing it virtual this whole time. This was last year around the pandemic when it first started. Um, but that's that's my story. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you were able still to find the network and connect um, in digital times because we definitely we definitely still appreciate having all of the help. All right, guys. So are you ready for this month's questions? Super ready. Okay, uh, let's do it. What do you appreciate the most about the IABC community? Katya, why don't you go first? Most of all, I appreciate this collaboration and also we inspire each other. Seeing other professionals advancing in their career, accomplishing great things, it's, it's inspiring. Then, you know, kind of we help each other be better versions of ourselves. So, yeah. And Erica, what about you? Kind of similar, uh, definitely the network you're connected to. Um, it's always great having conversations with other comms people. There's that common ground. They kind of know your day-to-day. -day. They know what you do, and you can just learn so much from them. Um, especially for me, I'm particularly interested in career trajectory and how people got to where they are today. So being a part of IABC really enables those conversations for me and gives me access to senior comms professionals that I can have a virtual coffee chat with and ask them, you know, how, like, how'd you get there? And I can learn from them. And uh, yeah, actually the events are also a great big plus too. They're always super relevant and you get such important takeaways from them. But that's what I appreciate most. Yeah, I totally agree with both of you. Um, I love um, getting to talk to other comms people. It doesn't matter what connection they have to the comms world. I just find it so fascinating because everybody ends up like I find doing something so different and you get new insights and it's, it's fantastic. So great answers. Um, question two, what quality do you value the most in colleagues or managers? Erica, I'm going to flip that back to you. I would say open, honest and transparent communication. Um, usually with that you just feel like there's a safe and collaborative environment for discussion. Um, I think when you're new to the workforce, like I am, it's so easy to feel intimidated by senior level people. But the thing with intimidation is that it impedes your growth because you're scared to ask questions and you're scared to pitch ideas. But um, I don't like an environment where I feel scared. And thankfully, I've had managers who've always made it feel like there's a safe space to really pitch your ideas, have those important conversations and um about what you want to learn and how you want to grow in your role and i love to try new things just as a just as a person as an individual so um it's great to have managers who make me feel like i could share these and that they would be supportive and they have supported me through uh, through my ideas and through my my pitches yes that's a fantastic answer katia I, I guess I would say interpersonal skills, uh, understanding people and uh, valuing people. That's a really top priority, I think. And next, uh, what Erica talked about as well, I think that it's very important to integrate employees' professional growth in your, you know, um, team development plan and create win-win environment for your team members so everybody benefits from this collaboration, from this work, from the project. So yeah, that's very important, I think. Yeah. Now, Katya, you're an entrepreneur, correct? 
Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so I, I'm curious, what would your dream job be if you weren't working in communications? Oh my, if I were not in communications? Oh, okay. I have so many interests. I, I would be probably uh, a dancer. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and why a dancer? Um, like, um, I was attending a theater school in Georgia for years. I was singing, dancing, we were performing. So, and I was very good at singing and dancing. So that I think like I'm still feeling that now that I'm working, I have little time for all of that. And I would really enjoy uh, dancing. Yeah. One thing I've been amazed to learn doing um, these podcasts is how talented a group like the IABC community is outside of comms. Um, I had Raphael on a few uh, months ago, and he also like performs um, and is in a band and plays the harmonica. Uh, like it just, I feel like we could make the best IABC talent show um, at some point. Maybe we should one day. <laughs> yeah, it could even be during COVID times because it could be virtual. You know, like people are doing that through through um, online videos and stuff like that. Maybe as a fundraiser. Yeah. <laughs> um, Erica, no pressure. Uh, you don't have to be a performer, but if you, um, if what would your dream job be if you weren't working in communications? I was going to say I'm so envious. I wish I was talented, but uh, it seems that Katya got that that one. Um, okay, this is going to be the most millennial slash uh, Gen Z answer I could I could possibly give you, but I think my dream job would be a YouTuber. And I have to say, like, I'm actually a super private person, so I don't know how being a YouTuber and that would fit well together, but I just find it so fascinating to create content for, for people, and it would just tap into such a creative side of my brain and allow me to think outside the box, so... That would be what what I would want to do if I wasn't in comms, definitely. Well, there's a huge communications aspect to that too, right? Like that is a like you're still communicating, um, in in terms of like content development and stuff. So I think you've got those skills. Oh. And the pandemic is the perfect time. You know, just a side hustle waiting to happen, I guess. Exactly. Okay, Katya, what is your go-to piece of advice for comms professionals? For comms professionals, I would say like constantly learn new things and keep connected with your peers or build your network in general. So that would be uh, my advice. Yeah, that's like versatility, right? And uh, Erica, what about you? Um, Probably just the same as Kathy said it, like when you're a comms person, you wear so many different hats. So you constantly have to be refreshing your skills and learning the new the new comms and marketing trends. Um, Just as as an industry, it evolves so rapidly, I find. So just never be afraid to learn and always continue learning. The learning doesn't stop at your undergrad. Take those courses, uh, take those LinkedIn learning skills, uh, skills courses, and just always be open-minded to to learn a new skill. That's what I would say. If I could add something more, uh, I think that it's also very important to be brave because we need Mm -hmm. to try new things. If we are not brave to change things, to try new things, uh, it, it, it will be like kind of holding us back from, from finding new ways to achieve our goals. Yes, 100%. And lastly, guys, name one thing that's getting you through the pandemic. Uh, Erica, do you want to start? Um, sure. 
YouTube? Um, I was going to say YouTube, but uh, actually <laughs> definitely YouTube, but also definitely Netflix. Uh, I think the most difficult part for me is just disconnecting from work because you don't have that physical logging off, taking your coat, walking home. So it's just been a great way to decompress and just be distracted, turn my brain off, get into a new show and not think about work. But obviously, aside from that, my my friends, my family, my support system, they've just kept me connected and positive that this will end soon. Um, side question. Sorry, we're extending the lightning round. Best show you've watched recently or do you have a recommendation for us? Bridgerton. Absolutely. I binged it in 36 hours. It was too good. That's awesome. That is so awesome. And uh, Katya, uh, name one thing that's been helping you get through the pandemic so usually i always follow like um structure and i'm very well organized and in the beginning of the pandemic i was in quite a bit shock like i was thinking like my days were ruined because i didn't know exactly how how to manage things how to manage this unstructured environment but then i created a schedule for me i added a few new interests uh, now i'm learning how to play guitar how to skate um, and also i read a lot of books so having this schedule and uh, following the schedule helps me really stay remain focused and accomplish everything every day so i feel when i feel that my day was productive then i feel like it's um i have a good feeling yeah yeah great answers guys thank you so much for joining me um for this double lightning round i know maybe it wasn't quite as fast paced as normal but uh, i really appreciated hearing from you and i know our listeners will as well Thanks Thanks so much, much, Sherry. And that's it for this episode of the IABC Ottawa podcast, The Voice, episode 128. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it and send us a review or feedback. You can reach IABC Ottawa on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at IABC Ottawa, as well as on LinkedIn. You can check our social and website, ottawa.iabc.com for info on all IABC Ottawa networking, professional development events, future meetups, and more. And if you haven't already, definitely subscribe to the IABC Ottawa newsletter. There is a lot happening this year digitally, and you don't want to miss it. And I'm your host, Sherry Ask. Until next time, we're going to let the music play.